Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. Uh, BJ is not here with us tonight, but thankfully uh, we already had a special guest plan uh, because Dan from Game Apartment 1C uh, is joining us. Uh, so Dan, thanks for uh, being on the show tonight. It, it's an honor. Uh, pretty big shoes to fill here, so uh, hopefully I don't disappoint. <laughs> no, no, this is good. This is really uh, my uh, not-so-secretive way of like auditioning other people uh, to come. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm, well. I'm secretly trying to uh, toss BJ from the throne. Not really. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, he, he knows I'm joking. When he edits this episode, he's going to be like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be real awkward. <laughs> it's going to be really fun. Uh, so, uh, so I know uh, we've got some different fun Dragon Quest stuff to talk about. Some, yeah. uh, like you know, uh, Earthbound Mother, uh, all sorts of fun stuff to get into. Uh, but just before we get into that, you know, I just wanted to kind of ask you a few things so that uh, our listeners can kind of familiarize themselves with you and also, I kind of like your uh, past history uh, sure. with Dragon Quest and everything. Uh, so, uh, so how'd you get into Dragon Quest? Oh man, uh, let me let me count back the years. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, so i I was very lucky very lucky enough to be brought up during the age of uh, Nintendo trying to foist free games through their Nintendo Power subscription. So mm-hmm. uh, I had friends that lived down the down the street from me. Like I kind of live on, uh, like I guess like a, a country plot for the area here. Uh, uh-huh. So we didn't really have like when I say neighbors, I mean like they were a mile away. Um, so at the very end of our yard, uh, these kids lived down the way from us, and they had gotten a copy of Dragon Warrior along with a Nintendo Power subscription. So when we go play uh, play games with them, like we'd sit inside, especially during like winter break, summer break, where it's like the weather's too much to do anything aside from sit inside. Mm-hmm. We would just play whatever they had on hand, and the two games that they had for their NES were RBI Baseball and Dragon Warrior. And it became like this big social thing for us. So we'd sit around and we'd take turns playing. So, uh, you know, whoever ended up getting killed by uh, one of the ghosts or uh, one of the warlocks would, would swap out for one of us and then we would take over. And it, it became this thing that we would do whenever we would hang out. And over the course of a good handful of years, we would just play this game, not really understanding what RPGs were because, you know, back in the early 90s, they were still super niche over here. They weren't anything that the West had really... Uh, you know, been exposed to unless you were a dedicated PC gamer or or you played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but so over the years, they they moved away and they gifted us the their copies of RBI Baseball and Dragon Warrior. And I kind of picked up the mantle of where we had all stopped playing and into middle school and high school, kind of chipped away at it, played a couple R- other RPGs and got used to understanding what RPGs were. Uh, and then uh, I, I level capped way, way before that even happened and was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe I could actually finish this this uh, <laughs> vacation. And sure enough, uh, finished it out and kind of bittersweet because I finished it without anybody else. So it was like sitting there uh, in solitude with having finished the, the very first game in the series. 
All right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and so, so that, you know, my next question was your first Dragon Quest game. So that kind of answered that one as well. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, no, 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 no. You're good. Um, so, um, so you've played all or most of the mainline series, right? Uh, to some extent. Um, okay. I, I've definitely had some time with each of them. Uh, like okay. Was, yeah. Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, like, um, uh, within like the last two, three years, I've been trying to make it a point to go back and play each one. Uh, I ended up getting, uh, the reissued copies of, uh, I'm trying to remember the ones they put out on DS. I think it was, uh, four, five, and six. Uh-huh. Uh, and then with them releasing seven and eight on three DS, I was like, now is the perfect time to go back and play them. Uh, so I was trying to go through in chronological order. Uh, I got really frustrated with, uh, three for the Game Boy Color. So I kind of set that aside for a little bit and moved on to four and then just knocked out four and five. Uh, because they're so, oh, their stories are so good. <laughs> they are. They are very good. And then yeah, got um got held that, up in six. Uh, just because oh, yeah. it's it's that's a tough one. Uh, and then I'm still working through seven and eight. I'm like I'm kind of picking at them a little bit. Gotcha. I knew I knew from uh like talking to you like on Twitter and uh just and also seeing some of your posts and mm. hearing you talk about some different things. Um, I knew I thought you had played uh most of them or all of them to some extent. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Four and five are probably, uh, like, I, I think I even said like a couple of episodes back on the show that like I go back and forth. I, 11 is my favorite. The, the newest one's my favorite, but, uh, just in terms of all the older ones, I go back and forth between whether four or five is my favorite. Right. Um, oh, and, it's a tough decision. And like, it was only like two episodes ago when I said five and like tonight I'm already like, well, you know what? Maybe four is my favorite. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, uh, so what's your favorite, uh, mainline Dragon Quest game? Oh man. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause like, I- I'm kind of the same uh-huh. where, you know, depending on the day, if I'm like remembering certain key moments from one of the games, like I'll say four, because um, I feel like the characters are, are a lot more diverse as far as background and like the the things that they get into, but man, that that story in five like it doesn't pull any punches, and it definitely uh, like the the whole package of it rewards you for playing through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I currently I'm going to say five <laughs> um, with with close seconds being four and eleven, um, and only because like th- those are probably the games I spent the most time playing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the dev- as of right now, five. <laughs> gotcha. So yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you that like four, I feel like has the best characters of any of the mainline games, ex- except maybe 11. Like I think 11 yeah. has a really great cast of characters, mm-hmm. but I think, I think four is the next, is the next best. Um, and five though, I think has the better story. So my whole thing is like, I can never decide which one, like makes it a better game, the characters or the story, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause there aren't, there aren't as many larger than life characters in five. And that's not to say that the characters in five aren't, aren't, aren't good. They're definitely wonderful, but yeah, four just, and eh, that game just oozes uh, personality and mm-hmm. the way that they set up all the different chapters for the characters themselves. I it just orchestrated perfectly. Uh, and then you really get to spend the time with each of those individual characters and really get to know them and love them. Uh, and then also get annoyed with them at certain points. But, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it's tough. Uh, so, uh, so speaking of kind of like characters and stuff uh, mm. and just other dragon quest things, uh, do you have a favorite spinoff game from the series? 
Oh, so now that it's been in the news, uh, I'm a real big fan of the Dragon Quest Heroes games. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's only because I haven't really spent much time with Rocket Slime. Like, I know universally that's that's the game that people go for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I unfortunately passed it up when it first came out. Uh, but the Heroes games are just they're just a lot of fun. Like, it's a bunch of hack and slash, but you're also getting to spend uh, more time with characters from Dragon Quest IV. <laughs> so um, those have been a lot of fun. And then I only just started playing uh, the Dragon Quest Monsters games. Mm-hmm. So, so th- those are pretty pretty big contenders because they they take everything from uh the monster recruiting mechanics in five and they make that the center focus of the game and that they're a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah mine so mine is the heroes series like I, I love the especially the first one like i just can't get enough of it i feel like sometimes i have to like defend myself on that because <laughs> uh because yeah, i feel like generally in the fan base it's like you either rocket slime is like the big one yep. and then uh you know people are really fond of the monsters games and, uh, and, and, you know, I like the monster stuff. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm planning on digging into like the Tornico, uh, spinoff games. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, I saw you posting about that and getting a copy. Uh, I'm just like wondering if there is, if, if there is anyone out there that's like a diehard Tornico fan. That's yeah. like, this, this is the hill I die on. <laughs> right. I, I have not heard anyone like, like tell me that Tornico was like their favorite spinoff you know, <laughs> series, but I'm sure I'm sure you know somebody uh, has some fond memories of it. I, I I'm waiting because I'm going back. Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Tennessee, so I'm going back home. Uh, my family and I are for the holidays. So uh, so while I'm up there, that's you know an area where BJ lives. So we're gonna try to play through uh, the. Uh, Super Famicom Tornico game, oh, the first one. Gosh, oh, dude! <laughs> and then uh, play through the uh, the PS One uh, Tornico, The Last Hope, the one that's actually in English. Uh, yeah. We're, we're going to use a fan translation for the first one, and then do the uh, do the PS One version uh, for the for the second one. And uh, I I got it. I ordered it on eBay, and I, I loaded it up on my PS Three because uh, they'll play the PS One games, which I didn't realize until just a few months ago. But, oh man, uh, that's a heck of a discovery. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I uh, I had no clue. I, I like went into uh, I had a trunk in my room and raided it and got out like all of my old like Tony Hawk <laughs> games oh, and uh, just played <laughs> just played Tony Hawk Pro Skater two for like six hours one Sunday. Nice. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I know only only certain models of the consoles could allow for uh, backwards compatibility. So yeah, uh, having that on hand and not having to spend the the price tag that those things go for now. Very nice. Yeah, and and thankfully my I, ha- I have a you know the backwards compatible PS2 and my PS1 are both up in Tennessee still. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so I'm able to uh, you know I don't have to bring a bunch of systems with me to Tennessee uh, this winter. Um, oh, man, but but I did I did load it up long enough to just see uh, like make sure the disc worked you know before the mm-hmm. uh, return uh, like deadline ended or whatever with right. eBay. And, uh, and it was cool. I, I had never really seen that much from it. I did not realize the, uh, like the, there is some CGI cinematics, but a lot of it, uh, looks like, uh, stop motion animation, like with dolls. Huh? Yeah. I, and, I haven't checked out the PS one version. Like I've played a little bit of the, uh, the Sufami one, mm-hmm. um, just cause I got really curious about mystery dungeon games years and years ago after getting really into the, the tower of Draga series. So, I cannot recommend enough. Save as often as humanly possible. <laughs> you I, will regret not doing so. <laughs> I, I've heard those games are tough. Yeah. And and one thing I did not realize 
until I was flipping through the manual is that uh, your levels don't roll over between dungeons. So it's like if you get up to level like 10 or whatever in the first dungeon, you're back at one the next time you dive in. Yeah, I, I, so, I can't remember if that's something that carries over into the other games, but um, I know in, in the Draga version, yeah, that's that seems to be the standard for for the mystery dungeon games. Yeah, so uh, so it's going to be an interesting uh, <laughs> interesting time. Um, you know, we we were able to speed run Dragon Quest Swords on the Wii a while back. PJ and I were when he was down here visiting me, so I'm hoping um, we can beat or at least get into you know Tornico uh, a good bit. Uh, while I'm up there, uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun watching. I <laughs> think you were posting the progress on Twitter <laughs> of you guys playing Swords. That's a game that I've wanted to clear, but I just never had the time or the energy to do so. So thank you for for making that sacrifice <laughs> oh, and yeah, going yeah, through yeah. It and giving Swords <laughs> the attention that it that it deserves. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, w- I would still recommend it as a fun game to play with, like. Uh, with two or more people you know i think think it's definitely the kind of game that it's fun it's fun to try to beat it uh as a group and have somebody that you can kind of pass off that Wii remote to so your arm doesn't fall off right (laughs) um so uh but yeah i I think it's a fun game i don't think it's uh it's probably my least favorite of all the spinoff games i've played um which you you know i mean there's still quite a few of the dragon quest spinoff games i haven't played but um there's a good many of them yeah, right now, uh, Swords is kind of the uh, the bottom of the list. Not that it's a bad game; it's just you know, there's. I've definitely preferred the other. I don't think I like Rocket Slime as much as people as other people do. Mm. Um, I I enjoyed Rocket Slime a lot, and I, I will probably uh, try you know try to play the others with uh, the fan translations and everything. But um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm right there with you with the Heroes games and everything. Um, so. Uh, so I know, I know on our notes here, you've got some uh, questions you're wanting to ask tonight, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I appreciate you guys giving, giving me the platform to, to pick your brain. Uh, and I'm, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you on the podcast, but I've, I've had a lot of fun listening to you guys. So oh, uh, thank you. definitely like very, very curious to get your opinions on a couple of things. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll play host here for a second. So hopefully I don't botch this. No, no, um, so, like, one of the big things I end up talking about with, uh, with a few of the kids that, that watch the stream mm-hmm. uh, that are into Dragon Quest is just wondering where the heck the series is going to go from here. Because mm-hmm. it feels like, in a lot of respects, 11, 11 just hit the ground running and was like, we're just going to do everything that we can in, in a Dragon Quest game. Like, let's get it loaded. Let's let's take out all the stops and, like, let's do this as if it were our last hurrah. Uh-huh. Um, especially with, without going into spoilers, how the game ends on the true ending. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of like circles back blank 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 spoiler spoilers uh-huh. uh, so yeah so like i'm curious to to know what you what you think the the next game in the series is going to be like um so so i'm glad you asked that question um and anybody that's listening to the show for the first time or this is maybe one of the first episodes uh last week we also we did a dragon quest 12 like wish list bj and i did but we didn't necessarily hit on this question Mm-hmm. Uh, with where it's going and i can't remember if I, I brought this up last week or not but uh so i i have the uh like the collector's edition from the ps4 version of dragon quest 11 mm-hmm. there's a really good like great not even good great interview uh with uh with toriyama uh yuji hori and uh koichi sugiyama mm-hmm. about uh about the series and so 
uh, and you know, just, I mean, every once in a while, I pull that, uh, the art book off the shelf and flip it to the back and just read these interviews. But in there, uh, Yuji Hori is talking about how in his mind, Dragon Quest one through 10 is like, you know, it's not all part of the same story, but like it fits in, he, he uses the metaphor of a box, like one through 10 all fit inside one compartment and right. that they're loosely connected. However you want to, however you want to like read between the lines there with his metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> he says those fits into a box and then you have 11 and he sees 11 as being the start of a new box. And, and I never really thought about it until you said it, but yeah, 11 really does feel like kind of the last hurrah almost like the, cause I said in the, in the previous episode that it plays like a greatest hits record, but yeah, it, yeah, also, yeah, yeah. it also, uh, yeah, I mean, it does feel like this last hurrah, you know, it's like, and, and my whole thing with 12, with 12 is that I think the direction they're going is I think it will be based, like, I think it will be at least loosely connected to 11, kind of the way the Erdrick trilogy or like the Zenithia trilogy uh, mm-hmm. uh, are loosely connected, you know? Um, but, you know, uh, I don't, I really don't know where the series is going. I'm assuming, uh, you know, because of the, you know, I, I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but just let's just say the time period that 11, you find out that 11 takes place in, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I think because of that, um, like I think 12 will kind of take place in that same time period, you know, even if it's like 100 years later or whatever, kind of like Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest uh, 2, how they mm-hmm. kind of did it. Um, and I'm, a, I'm very excited for Dragon Quest 2, but I'd Honestly, I don't know how they're going to top 11. <laughs> and the, yeah, that's that was my thinking. Like, where where the heck do they go from here? Just because, you know, they just went above and beyond. They paid very, very special attention to, like they always do, about the rich history of the series. I mean, there's so many great and wonderful nods to the, the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially that payoff at the very end, like that's you know, for people that have been playing the series for forever, like even longer than than you or I combined. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, like it's such a wonderful love letter. So, yeah, like if they if they keep in the same timeline, awesome. But as far as gameplay, I know that they started implementing uh, with eleven. You know, I forget what they even call it uh, when you can switch between uh, staying stationary for for turn based, uh, or you mm-hmm. can kind of like move around. So I'm wondering if because they're trying to tap into that Western audience, if they're going to expand upon that, but also knowing uh, how how careful they are with changing too much on the dragon quest games. Cause they really like to keep it uh, as true as possible to the original, um, you know, like where they're going to do with that or, um, you know, if it's going to be its own complete, completely new world and story and all that. So um, yeah, like I'm right there with you and thinking that it's more than likely going to be uh, a kind of a sequel to, to 11, just because there are a couple things that weren't answered and a couple things I feel they could expand upon. Um, but cool. So I, I, my next question, what did I write down here? Um, yeah, you guys already covered the wish list. It, it figures like when I was writing down these questions, I hadn't listened to last <laughs> yeah, week's episode. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, yes, well, I, I think it's that same interview. If not that one, there's the one that's in the back of, um, uh, like the art book that they released, uh, where they're doing an interview with all three of, uh, Koichi, uh, Akira Toriyama and, um, and Yuji Hori, mm-hmm. where Hori's talking about the development process for the Dragon Quest games and how 
what they do is they they split everybody up and each person that's on the um, story writing team comes up with a fairy tale, like a real, real simple rudimentary fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And then they all come back together and they tell each other these tales and whichever one like they feel is the strongest or like the most endearing, what have you, that's what they go for, for the core element of, uh, of the story. Mm-hmm. So with, with that in mind, uh, is there a particular fairy tale that you would like to see be given the Dragon Quest treatment? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so, so I'm thinking about this for a second because uh, I feel like Eleven uh, really hits some uh, hits several of those kind of like fairy tale tropes. Oh, indeed. Uh, you, uh, you know, even like. There's there's a huge chunk in Act One where they just seem to borrow from a whole bunch of different like Hans Christian Andersen uh, uh, stories, you know? There's yeah, like the, yeah, yeah. The Ice Queen and the mermaids and just all kinds of stuff. Um, but uh, I think uh, I think for me, uh, like if I had to choose just one, is I would love to see um, a uh, like Hansel and Gretel. Uh, you know, witch, yeah, uh, creepy house kind of deal because Dragon Quest doesn't often go scary, and even when it goes scary, it kind of has some humor in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like the the closest thing we've ever gotten to the Hansel and Gretel thing is in five, uh, with Bianca and the hero going into the haunted castle and the monsters trying to cook them into a soup. Uh, there at the <laughs> very beginning of that game, right. yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like. It would be could be a nice callback to that moment in five, but also I think that could be something, uh, could be something cool, you know, to see in a Dragon Quest game where maybe maybe in twelve, you know, we get to see the we get to play as the protagonist as a kid, mm-hmm. um, which is something we didn't even we didn't talk about last week either when we were talking about twelve, but uh, I think that could be cool, you know, playing through uh, generations again like you did with five, um, yeah. And so, uh, so I think Hansel and Gretel uh, could be cool. Wh- uh, what about you? Which one would you like for that? Gosh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I had a fairy tale of mine, like I completely <laughs> forgot it working, working my nine to five. Um, yeah, like I hadn't even thought about Hansel and Gretel, and that that touches on some of the things that I really liked in five, like you were saying, uh-huh. where it's because it, twelve kind of does it, where they they rope in or not twelve, eleven, uh-huh. uh, or they they rope in the story uh, to be about. Uh, family members so yeah like having something where it's like a brother and sister or even a brother and brother i think would be really really interesting something that i don't think the dragon quest series has done too much of mm-hmm. um it's usually like you know sisters within four uh and then sisters within 11 so something like that at the forefront would be a lot of fun um gosh i'm trying to even remember like i'm thinking fairy tales and all i can think about is disney movies uh, yeah. so i'm probably too good about this um i don't know maybe uh is it technically a fairy tale? Like uh, the story of Hamlet is always really good. Um, I mean, like it's, you know, tried and tired in a lot of respects, but at the same time, I do like the idea of uh, having to be this avatar, this hero that has to reclaim, you know, something that they lost. Uh, and I think that's really what works uh, well in 11. Yeah. So be- having maybe a story where, you know, even roping in themes from like eight, because uh, that definitely borrows from a lot of different Germanic fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, having something where, you know, the hero, his father gets murdered or something like that. And then, um, you know, his uncle's like snooping, like sneaking in to be able to take over the throne. But you come to find out that his uncle's actually possessed by uh, some 
terrible dark a villain because Dragon Quest games always have that, sure. that crazy <laughs> twist. Like, here's the actual boss. Uh-huh. Um, um, man, the, too many games do like the whole Sleeping Beauty thing, so not that. Um, it might be a stretch, but maybe something like Snow White. Mm-hmm. So you have like seven different allies that you have to gather together to be able to go and actually conquer, um, you know, an evil king or an evil queen or something like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, um, not not remembering fairy tales very very well. So no, no, that, that um, sounds cool. That sounds good. <laughs> but, I mean, I would play those games. <laughs> it's Dragon Quest, so I, I definitely play. Them. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the last question I had, mm-hmm. um, since I've been going back and trying to play a lot of these older. Uh, poorly dated rpgs uh-huh. uh so dragon quest got its start uh, kind of from yuji hori really really digging games like wizardry and ultima mm-hmm. so i was curious since i know you were going back and playing a lot of stuff too like had you had the chance to go back and play anything from the wizardry series or from the ultima series uh so so i have uh i have uh so i have played uh, both I've played some game. I played one game in the wizardry series for sure. Um, I mm. cannot remember which one it was, but it was, it was one of the the later series. I mean, this would have been in like the late nineties. Okay. Uh, yeah. When I played one of them. So it would have been like, I don't even know how many there are. There's like what? 10, maybe less than 10 wizardry games. I think so. I, I think they only just recently released 10, not that long ago. Oh, did they? Oh, so they released another one. Gotcha. Uh, so, this one would have been in probably like 99, I want to say. Uh, so I, I, had, I had a next door neighbor. His name was Wade. And uh, I think I've even mentioned him on the show before, but he's the one that got me and my brother into RPGs. And, okay. uh, and you know, this was rural Tennessee. So he was our next door neighbor, but he lived like almost half a mile down the road. Yeah, uh, I know that feel. Yeah. So <laughs> we would, but we would walk to each other's houses. Like our parents would just let us walk to each other's houses because, you know, it's, it's the rural area there's not really cars and stuff to worry about mm-hmm. so we just walked there and uh he had like a he was he was he wasn't an only child but his his two older sisters they were like grown and married and had their own kids already and so he was the baby of the family he was the only one that lived at home and he was like much younger than all of his siblings so he had like all these computer games all this cool stuff that my brother and I just like wished we had if we were like only children <laughs> and uh so uh we uh so he had uh he had he had a wizardry game and all i remember about the wizardry game that he had is i remember i remember it was very dark um like at the time i had played you know like legend of dragoon final fantasy 7 and 8 i think Maybe Final Fantasy IX had come out at the time, and okay. I, I was I'd played like Pokemon games, things like that, but I hadn't played a ton of RPGs yet. And I remember, I remember Wizardry being dark, and I remember there being these uh, giant spiders. Yeah, um, that sounds that sounds like a Wizardry game. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I'm 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 like horribly afraid of spiders, and so uh, so yes, yeah, so I remember him. Uh, I remember it just being. I remember there being a dark dungeon and giant spiders that looked a little too real for me to be comfortable with. <laughs> um, and then with Ultima, um, with Ultima, Ultima was always one of those games growing up that I had friends who played like Ultima and Ultima online. Mm-hmm. And I know BJ, he, he would have been a great person to ask this. Cause I know he played <laughs> Ultima online for like years 
it had a really solid following. Yeah. So, mean, like, so we'll have to we'll have to get you back on here sometime when uh, BJH can join us too, uh, because he would have so much to add to the Ultima part of this. But um, but I always had friends who played it, and like I watched them play it, but I, I never really played it myself. I always thought it looked cool, but um, mm-hmm. uh, but and the biggest reason was I missed out on a ton of PC games growing up because uh, we had like uh, we had a really like crappy family computer and <laughs> where we lived it was so far out in the boonies uh we mm-hmm. there weren't we didn't even have a possibility of getting internet like they didn't have internet in the area for the longest time i have and, same and if once we got it it was like this horrible slow dial-up internet <laughs> yep yeah i think by that point in time most of the kids that i knew uh had already jumped into I guess like back then, like I'm, I'm probably messing up terminology, but like T1 connections and whatever high speed was it mm-hmm. like 2001. And I had just gotten uh dial up and then had that for about two years. And then we got like a, a satellite dish and that, that was even worse than the dial. <laughs> but yeah, there's just, I missed out on so many PC games uh for the same reason. And there's, it, it's been such a weird thing to go back and try and replay just because a lot of them have not aged well. Uh, like PC gaming was definitely this encapsulated weird little period of history where um, they were just doing all sorts of crazy things with video games because uh, there really wasn't a blueprint for a lot of different 3D platformers or shooters that got put onto PC. So you, it's companies trying all these weird and goofy things to to be able to <laughs> make make something work. Mm-hmm. But uh, to answer my own question, um, I tried going back and playing Wizardry or Ultima uh, a couple months back. And maybe played 10 minutes of each before I was like, how in the heck? (laughs) Like they, again, games that have not aged well, and I understand their importance and why they're so foundational to where we are now with RPGs. But man, I I really love to be able to take the time and have the patience to be able to play through them. Because obviously there's got to be something there. But I wonder if it's the kind of thing where... um, you know, it's like old time radio, uh-huh. uh, which like I, I appreciate and understand like the importance of, but it's the kind of thing where, man, like at the time, like this is all you had. So I imagine this is why like people were able to get into it and why it was so fascinating. So yeah, it's just really tough to be able to go back and play something that's uh, like unforgiving, clunky at times. And then uh, like you're really having to use your imagination to, to, to see the graphics, especially for. Uh, I think it's like the very first Ultima is all wireframe graphics. So oh, wow. you know, you're 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 kind of having to be like, okay, yeah, that that's a skeleton with a sword. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> so, um, but I think at some point I might I might try and go back and and really give them some attention just because uh, anytime I see interviews with with Hori and um, oh gosh, I, I always forget his first name, but uh, Nakamura, who's been like the other. Uh, like the right man, uh, right hand man to Hori with creating these games, at least like the first couple in the series, mm-hmm. um, like swore by playing those games as well. So like the whole reason why they created the Dragon Quest series. Um, but that's that's everything I had as far as questions so far. Um, so 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 what do now? All right. So uh, so we're probably like halfway through the episode. So this is usually uh, the part of the show where we have shameless self-promotion. Uh, oh, swag. Yeah, and uh, BJ's not here to do a lame theme song tonight, uh, so we'll skip this <laughs> theme song. Uh, but uh, Oh, and, darn. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, so we do sim- Shameless Self-Promotion and Community Spotlight. Uh, so, uh, so, Dan, since you're here, since you're from Game Apartment 1C, uh, 
you do the shameless self-promotion and community spotlight all about Game Apartment 1C. Tell all the folks at home what they need to know. Like, how shameless can I get? You here? can get so shameless. <laughs> Please watch my stream. <laughs> um, so um, that that probably would have been a good question to ask you. Have you, have you ever watched Game Center CX? Uh, I have not. Uh, I, okay. I, I know that's what Game Apartment 1C is like a, a play on words off of. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but no, I have I have not watched it. My, uh, the, I have not watched so, it. So I, I cannot recommend it enough. He actually plays Dragon Quest on it. Oh, but, okay. uh, we we partially, if not wholly, uh, try and, <laughs> and make a parody of that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, originally Game Center CX is this Japanese television series where this middle aged comedian Shinya Arino, uh, who's like a very, very outspoken nerd, uh, anime and video game enthusiast, uh, goes on the show and he plays through uh, a game and it's his job to in that day, I think they like shoot usually for like 13, 14 hours for him to finish the game and show viewers the endings because they don't really have things like Game Genie or, or they really don't exploit cheat codes over there. Like they they just go straight ham into these games. Mm-hmm. So we kind of put our own spin on it and make it our uh, our own thing uh, and try and show viewers that are watching on Twitch the endings to these video games over a couple different episodes because no one's going to sit and watch me play games for 13 hours, um, even though we've done 24-hour streams before. Uh, but so we also try and pepper in educational segments because there's a whole generation of gamers that haven't uh, really experienced where you know characters like Mario or Zelda got their starts. Uh, but also, you know, talking about older consoles and appreciating things like the Dragon Quest series and uh, older RPGs, so stuff like that. Um, we've also been trying to throw in some funny bits. Uh, we we do this segment called Segaments, where uh, I'm pretty sure each of us that have grown up with video games knew a kid that was a diehard Sega fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's up to our good pal Steven Segman to try and play through some old Master System games, and uh, he ain't too good at video games, so... Uh, but you can check us out. Uh, we typically stream every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we've been trying to get a couple extra episodes in, uh, but real life schedules have been, made that a little difficult. Uh, so we've been trying to fit back in. We were doing uh, Ace Attorney streams for a good while called Modern Mondays. So it's technically a more modern game. Uh, and then we're also trying to work out again. Uh, we were playing through RPGs and calling the segments. Uh, adventure nights so as the holiday rolls down we're gonna try and uh, get back into that we were playing a little bit of dragon quest one a little bit of dragon quest two but i'm thinking i might try and uh um oh gosh what were the games that i had lined up i think try and either play some dragon quest five or chrono trigger oh because awesome. um, those are definitely really fun to play with a crowd mm-hmm. uh so yeah so that that's that's my spiel all right, cool. And we'll put links to uh, all that good stuff uh, on our show notes, too. Uh, so if you want to check any of that out, stuff out, just, uh, you know, look at our podcast show notes and you can just follow the links right there and see all about Game Apartment 1C. And going back to some of the stuff you said, too, is I've, uh, the uh, the like education uh, stuff that you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mentioned it on uh, on the show before, too, but I can't recommend it enough. The one uh, the one you guys did. Uh, with uh, with Enix and uh, getting into Dragon Quest. Um, oh I, yeah, yeah. I, I learned a lot from watching that. Like really, um, like oh man, like, like <laughs> it I, worked. Like <laughs> like I, seriously, yeah. Like uh, you know, I, I can't recommend it enough. So uh, you know, definitely, uh, I encourage everybody to check that out because um, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't get to uh, I don't get to often watch the streams live uh, because. Um, 
I have young kids, and so uh, so I don't I don't make it too late at night anymore. <laughs> we yes. we pick the worst night. <laughs> that's uh, an oversight on our part. It's just no. It's just you know I don't know uh, something about having kids now. Nine p.m. seems like really late in my life. I don't know why. <laughs> you, you've hit you've hit the dad clock. I have. Like that's, I have. Yeah. That's just a thing. Like anything past seven p.m. Like that's too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean. I, yeah. I know. I feel like I'm like staying up late tonight, and it's like. 7 17 p.m i'm so sorry <laughs> no, no, no 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 uh but but anyway uh all that to say is that you know uh i uh i, I really like what you guys are doing and oh, thanks, uh, man. and I, I, I feel bad that i don't get to uh to uh, watch it or participate with it more often uh because because it's at night um but the the stuff that i have watched uh I'm a huge fan of, and, and like I said, that uh, the Dragon Quest video, I can't even, I, I'm sorry, I can't even remember the title of it. You can find it on YouTube though, right? Didn't you, you don't you guys have? Yeah, YouTube? yeah, I can, I can post a link to it. I'm, I'm even trying to remember what I called it. Yeah, so. but, <laughs> but, but here, here's, here's my kind of selling point for other people on this is that one thing I, one thing I completely went over my head for all these years that I have you know, knew about Enix as a company and all this stuff is I never realized they got their name from Phoenix, like Enix and Phoenix. Uh, yeah. I totally, I totally <laughs> learned from watching that video. Um, and then I only learned that by research, <laughs> like researching for that episode. I was like, yeah. what the heck? Like, how have I gone this long without knowing that? And, and it makes sense. It's one of those things where like, where like you said it and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like I never thought about it, but yeah, it, that, that of course that's where it came from. Uh, so uh, I I just looked up the video and I feel like an, an idiot for not remembering the the title that I gave it myself because I was so proud of like ha ha. <laughs> uh, it, it's part of a series that we're trying to do this season called Role Models, where we're just going to cover um, kind of a short, sweet, concise history of role playing games and how they got their start. Uh, so yeah, we've got uh, that first episode posted onto our channel at Game Apartment One C on YouTube. Uh, I'm still working on the second episode, which is going to cover the later half of. Um, you know, the very first Dragon Quest being released, the success of two, and how that kind of shaped the landscape for RPGs as a whole. Um, so yeah, so we should hopefully have that out. I think with everything happening with the holidays and then Magfest happening in January, uh-huh. it'll probably be sometime in mid January to late January. Okay, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, the, uh, the other selling point I would just like to, to, you know, to encourage people to watch is, uh, I'm a big fan of the, uh, of the young, sexy uh, Yuji Hori on a motorcycle photo that uh, that you honor, <laughs> I, like he looks pretty cool, you know. Like, uh, like you'd never suspect that that dude was like uh, <laughs> was a columnist for Shonen Jump. Like, you look at that photo and you're like, yeah, that guy probably, yeah, he you, probably gets into fights. Yeah, like. you look at him, you look at him now with like his Hawaiian slime shirts and like. Yep. <laughs> you know, and like his peace signs and like his glasses. And you're like, he looks like a cool, like fun dad, right? Like, yeah, like he looks like a fun dad. And then, but you look at him in that photo and yeah, it's like, you know, he could like beat any of us up. <laughs> Man, like I, I got to tell you, it, it took hours and uh, like, I'm, I'm almost ashamed to admit this, but it took hours to find a photo of him where he didn't have a cigarette in his mouth and he didn't look intimidating. <laughs> like that, that was an exhausted effort to try and find that just like a simple picture of just him existing and not looking like, <laughs> like the, the poster for like a delinquent. Yeah. Like, hey, this is, don't, don't aspire to be this. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Um, so, so getting back into the, uh, the regular, uh, episode is, uh, so I know you're a huge Dragon Quest fan, uh, like we've talked about, but you're also, you're a big mother and earthbound fan, right? Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. So, have you- so yeah, because I think you were mentioned to me that um, BJ played through it recently, right? But it's been some time. Uh, BJ uh, played Earthbound, um, yeah, okay. which which I guess is technically Mother Two, right? Um, yeah. So he's played he played Earthbound. Uh, I know it's been a while um, for him. I Mother Earthbound is one of those series that I've never played, but I feel mm-hmm. like I've played because it's it's so popular as such a like. Mm-hmm following maybe it's a cult following but it you know depending on how oh, technical definitely, definitely you want to get but uh but uh i feel like i've played it it's one of those games that like i can if i close my eyes i can picture it so clearly like different scenes from the game um and you know i know a lot about it but i've never just uh, because it's never been uh because there honestly because there hasn't been any kind of like recent uh like ports or remakes or anything like that of the game. Like mm-hmm. I just, you know, I haven't played it. Yeah. I mean, like it hasn't been the most accessible game either. Like um, I'm trying to remember the last time I looked at prices for loose carts. It's, it's one of the more expensive games to try and, and grab for the super Nintendo. It's, it's not cheap. And that's an understatement. Um, I mean, like rightfully so um, when it was originally released, it didn't sell well at all. Like, and then that's a whole nother podcast just talking <laughs> about how, how Nintendo really dropped the ball with advertising for that game. But, um, yeah, I would, I would say to anybody that, uh, is a fan of Dragon Quest, it, I'm trying to think of how to properly describe it. Like, I almost want to say it's this weird, healthy rival. Like, it's uh-huh. like the Gary Oak to, <laughs> Uh, to to Dragon Quest's Ash Ketchum, uh, but not a terrible, terrible um, uh, what a, like a brat, I guess, uh, or like really conceited because um, because, because it's a tur- so it's a turn pay it's a turn based uh, RPG. It's it's mm-hmm. it's like Dragon Quest, but instead of uh, it being like a fantasy setting, it's a uh, it's a like relatively modern or modern for its time, at least like suburban kind of like small town um, setting. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, like purposely. So like the, the series creator, Shiki Sato Itoi looked at dragon quest. Uh, it was like, I can make video games like super Mario was great, but I should really get involved in this. What else is popular? Uh, and ended up playing dragon quest two and was like, Oh, I can do this, but this doesn't make any sense. Why the heck? Why the heck am I getting gold from monsters? Uh-huh. Like when I fight them and finish them, why do why do they carry all this money? That seems weird. And why why do RPGs always have to take place in a fantasy setting? What would what would it be like if you know somebody in modern day went around trying to to save the world kind of thing? So he purposely wrote things to take place in modern era. You don't get money from defeating enemies per se. Mm-hmm. Your your dad puts them into your bank account uh-huh. and then you go to an ATM machine to draw out money so that way you can spend it in the department store rather than going to um you know like an armor or a weapon shop. You're going to like sporting goods stores or toy stores to buy baseball bats and teddy bears and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, like everything about it at its at its you know basic core it's Dragon Quest, but almost a parody mm-hmm. uh, because it has like the same looking menus and everything, at least for at least for the very first game. 
Um, and it plays exactly the same. You know, you've got three characters like in Dragon Quest II. Uh, you've got some really basic spells, you know, like fire spells, ice spells, and the like. Uh, you've got your one character that isn't good at magic at all and just like is there to, to soak up hits and uh, try and dish some out. And then you've got your, your one character that just nothing but magic but dies from a strong breeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so like it's, you know, if you've ever played the very first few Dragon Quest games, uh, it's worth going back to at least to play uh, the very first one, which is known as um, uh, Earthbound Beginnings over here. Uh, There's a couple, I think when it was originally brought over here in the West, uh, a bunch of people found like a prototype cart and uploaded it to the web and changed the title to Earthbound Zero. So there's a couple of different ways you can play it, either legally or illegally, um, but definitely worth seeking out to try and play it. Um, It's it's super grindy, just like the old Dragon Quest games. uh, But uh, it's, it's something about it just has this sort of charm to it. The soundtrack and like the overall setting, there's something about it that you, you can't, you can't dislike, but the music the way is, the, game is, the music is very good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I also, I did not know. I, so I didn't know that about the gold, that the gold was what bothered him. And I think it's really funny <laughs> because there's like psychic powers and there's like aliens. Yep. And I mean, I guess even. So really, I mean, if you get it, want to get super technical about it, even the main, so the main villain that, what's his name? Gigas? Is that right? Um, it, again, Earthbound, it's, uh, Gigas and then, Gigas. yeah, like, okay. the, yeah, like the original mother, it's like Yuge. Um, um there's like a, a weird way to say it. But, but he's, I mean, he's really like, um, I guess he's kind of technically like your adoptive, like, uncle. <laughs> Right, because isn't it like your your granddad in, in oh, Earthbound? Oh, right, yeah, your granddad so, was like kind of adopted Gigas when he was a baby, right? And then he runs off. Right, yeah. In, in Mother One, yeah. yeah, like so. Like the basic the basic setup is that there are these two people named George and Maria um, who end up disappearing for some time, and then like years later, George shows back up and is just dead silent, like doesn't tell anybody what happened, like where he went, and Maria's not with him. So he just goes through life without like Maria showing back up. And so like, uh, spoiler alert, uh, like the, the very ending of mother one, you find out that George and Maria were abducted by this alien, uh, known as Yuge. Um, and yeah, like they kind of take him in as his child and, uh, yeah, like the reason why he's attacking earth is because, uh, George stole a bunch of technology from the, like the ship that this alien was on and was like, I got to get back to earth because you know, these aliens are are existing and they're terrible and they've got all this crazy weaponry that they could do a lot of harm with. So I'm going to go back to earth and steal their stuff and, and try and fight against them. Um, so yeah, like it's them coming back and you having to fight back against them. Um, and then, uh, earthbound, like it kind of pulls stuff from the very first game as far as like themes, soundtrack and some of the characters, but, uh, the villain is, is vastly different. It's still like an alien, but it's kind of like a manifestation of hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's definitely like a thing that they, uh, they build up throughout the entire game. Um, where like the final villain ends up being, uh, like this alien that's kind of lost its mind, uh, and is incredibly chaotic and so much so that you're not actually able to fight it because it's, it's no longer no longer has a form. It's just like more of an idea or like a, an emotion. Yes. Okay. Um, I forgot about that. He like possesses, what's his name? Porky. 
Yeah, so your 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 neighbor throughout the entire uh, entirety of Earthbound ends up getting involved in all these different crazy things. So at the very end of the game, he actually allies with Gygus, uh, and is kind of like uh, like his butler, I guess, or like his servant um, is kind of talking to you in the middle of the final battle, saying like, "Aha!" Like you know, he he's gone so crazy, like he's he's not even he doesn't have a physical form anymore. So good luck fighting him, you jerk. And <laughs> yeah, so. Porky, Porky ends though, up kind of hightailing out of yeah, there. Yeah, okay. I thought his name was Porky. <laughs> there, there's some, uh, there's kind of some uh, funny names, uh, if I remember correctly, about the characters. And and so, so much like Dragon Quest One and Dragon Quest Two, with two being like, uh, you know, your descend the descendants of the hero mm-hmm. from one. In in Earthbound, in Mother Two, the main character is the son of the of the main character from the first one. Or the grandson. Yeah, so, it's a son. So they never they never say, and like it's kind of been um, put into fan canon that uh, you know, like the main character Ness that you play mm-hmm. uh, is is somehow related to characters from the first game. They they actually take place in totally different worlds. So like a lot of people have tried to say like, oh, it's parallel dimensions or something like that. Um, because yeah, because in the first game you're playing in a whole setting that um, is still kind of America, mm-hmm. but it's um all these fake towns and stuff like that. Whereas in earthbound in mother two, it takes place in the, the fictitious world of Eagle land, which, which is more or less America. Like the first game blatantly calls it America. Um, but yeah, a lot of people speculate that, you know, earthbound has, uh, the first game's character's son in it as Ness and, but it's never confirmed. Okay. Gotcha. I I did not realize that. I, uh, I, I've spent the last like 10 20 years thinking that uh that the main character uh was your what that you're the son of the character from the first one so that that's good to know i didn't realize that was just like a fan canon thing yeah like there's some characters that carry over um but they're most they're kind of like dragon quest where it's like um you know recurring appearances kind of thing so you know like you have slimes and stuff like that in the dragon quest series so you have like certain enemy characters but also npcs that show up between each game like um, I'm trying to think of what the Dragon Quest equivalent of them would be, but you have the little, uh, little Mr. Saturn characters, um, persist throughout the series as being like these helpful, um, NPCs that end up giving you knowledge and also, uh, really awesome items to have in the game. Um, but other than that, yeah, like it's all completely new cast of characters. Gotcha. Um, so, so I, I know you had some other, uh, things, uh, for us to talk about tonight. Um, so, we mentioned it at the toward the beginning of the episode. I, I, mm-hmm. I saw it was kind of on your notes uh, here too. Uh, it was Dragon Quest Eleven S, and you you've um, have you beaten Eleven S? Oh gosh, no. Okay, all right. but you, you beat Eleven, <laughs> but you haven't beaten Eleven S. Yeah. Is that okay? Cool. Have you? How far are you in Eleven S yet? Have you? Have you? Have oh, you gotten to the new content yet? I guess is what the question is. I got to the first uh, Tackle. Uh huh. So like I'm still really early in the game, because um, like so much else has come up in the last part of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I I know like what happens uh, pretty much all the uh, the original content like how they right. flesh out all the different things that happen when you know uh, the plot kind of diverges with all the characters. So um, I don't know about the extra extra ending. Uh, I think I was asking you about that on Twitter. Like what the heck? There's <laughs> there's another ending. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. There there's so. So with the new content, uh, with you know, as and this is spoiler free. Like I'm not going to tell you who any of. 
Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for people, for you or for people listening, because I want people, you know, get to play it. But, uh, but yeah, you. So beyond the, you know, Dragon Quest Eleven has like a final true boss to get like a true mm-hmm. ending, right? That take and take right. a good bit of time to get to, and then after that. You, uh, because of the Tockles and Tickington and all of this new content that's added, then you, you have, I guess they're technically bosses. I, I didn't really find them difficult, but I guess they're, I guess generally I've seen people who have played, gotten that far in the game call them super bosses, but I don't know that I would necessarily go that far. Um, okay. But there, you, you fight them in groups of threes and they kind of represent, the the final bosses in previous Dragon Quest games, so that's pretty cool. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. I was a little disappointed that it's not the actual final bosses from the other games, but you know, but what they have in there is cool. And then once you get through all that, there is a super boss which was only available in the 3DS, you know, Japanese version of Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, okay. So you have that new super boss that's in Eleven S. And then on top of all of that, there is a, a Switch exclusive super, super, oh super, super <laughs> boss that once you fight and beat all those guys, then you unlock this super, super, super boss. And I I beat it. It, it took me uh, it t- took me a few tries and it was kind of a frustrating thing. Um, and I, I've seen some people I, after I you know said I beat it, I saw some people that were like, hey, I beat it on my first try. And I'm just like... Hey, good for, good for you, but I, I struggled. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, had, I was like level 99 with like, you know, I had like all, I had farm skill seeds. So like my skills were all up. I had like made a bunch of like really good armor. And I mean, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I was good to go and it still took me more than one try. Uh, and I think, Jeez. I think part of it is because the, the new super boss in 11 is, it reminds me a lot of the final bosses, uh, in older Dragon Quest games where it kind of some of it mm-hmm. uh, just comes down to RNG. It's like, it's like you, you go yeah. in to fight the boss and then all of a sudden the boss like, you know, takes two, three turns at the very beginning before you have a chance to do anything. And so you die mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, you go into the fight and RNG is on your side and you get to actually like throw up Kabuff or like something, you know, before the boss has a chance to hit you. And yeah. so, uh, so it definitely feels, you know, like a like an old school uh, Dragon Quest boss. But I do think it's probably the hardest Dragon Quest boss from any of the games. And wow, really? Yeah, and now let me let me like a little asterisk, I guess, beside that claim. Okay, is that <laughs> I did not do the post game of five. I've never done the post game of five. It's one of those things okay. that I was so eager to like keep going and getting into six that I didn't do the post game of five. Um, mm-hmm. And I also, I did not do, uh, I did not finish up all the post game of seven um, mm. and the 3DS version of seven. And then I didn't, uh, uh, because, because of when I, because I only played nine, I didn't play nine until this year. Uh, you know, the servers and stuff were closed, so I didn't do any of the, like, the super boss grottos from Dragon Quest Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I will, like, say that, but from just, like, in terms of, like, you know, base content of games, it's, like, this one's pretty tough, you know? It's definitely harder than the super boss from, like, Dragon, at the end of Dragon Quest Six or anything, so. Oh, man. I'm not even trying to remember. Like, I had... 
I had a heck of a time trying to finish out the final boss in, uh, I think it was four, like has like the, um, the additional dungeon that you can do. Uh, and then, um, Game Boy Color version of three. I remember playing, uh, just, just to see how tough it would be. Somebody had a save file, save file posted on like GameSpot, mm-hmm. um, and downloaded that and was like, I'll give this a whirl. Um, God, yeah, if it's anything like that, <laughs> that's probably the hardest fight that I've had to do. Cause, uh, it's after you do all the different, um, uh, board games, I think, uh, you get to open up like the secret dungeon. And then in that dungeon is this boss where you're essentially fighting like the god mm-hmm. of Dragon Quest three. Um, or it's like some eternal dragon or something like that that allows you to, uh, um, unlock a couple extra mm-hmm. things. But yeah, that boss fight was nuts. Um, but yeah, I, Hopefully with the holiday break, like that's what I'm planning to do is just trying to make headway in 11s so I can get to the all all the extra content and actually witness it for myself instead of uh, spoiling myself by seeing people post about it. On Twitter. <laughs> so you're so if you're if you made it to uh, to like Ickle and the 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 first tackle there that takes you in the Tickington and all, um, mm-hmm. you're not too far away the uh, from seeing you know a lot of the uh, a lot of the big new content uh starts happening uh you know uh after act one so okay yeah because i think i think i'm just at uh puerto valor Uh okay so like like actually um god who do i pick up there i think silvando just joined the party so um yeah it's having to do with like the the macho man contest or whatever it was and, and running away from uh from the castle guards again um so yeah, I'll hopefully pick that back up over the holiday season. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I know we're almost out of time, but I want to make sure we kind of at least touch on some of the things uh, that uh, that were on uh, my and your notes here. Uh, so sure, sure. Um, so uh, the last one I see right there is uh, is uh, where we think RPGs are headed now. So uh, so I'm going to let you answer that one first. Uh, where do you see RPGs going? Yeah, like especially now that Dragon Quest has put a foothold into the West. Uh, I think we're going to see more of a return to Eastern RPGs, mm-hmm. or at least that's my hope. Um, I think, you know, especially within recent years of things like bravely default doing very well uh, and Square Enix themselves being super surprised that people still want to play turn-based RPGs. Uh-huh. I think we're going to see a lot more, uh, if not bigger companies making them a lot more indie companies kind of paying tribute to, to those games of old. So we're going to see a lot of games that, pick up on the turn-based game uh, mechanics, but also uh, I think we're going to see more fantasy-based games, uh, maybe kind of in the vein of Dragon Ooh. Quest, um, but, you know, maybe closer to uh, an Eastern take on things like The Witcher or um, I'm trying to remember what the other like really, really big fantasy RPGs have been as, as of late over this side of the world. Um, I guess things like Diablo, maybe bring in some elements into that series. If that does really well with the newest title that's supposed to be released in the next decade uh-huh. um so yes yeah, so as a whole i think we're going to see a lot more turn-based games that uh really play to the strengths of what jrpgs have done in the past um and maybe see less of these hopefully knock on wood um these glorified fmv video games um you know like i don't want to get too much into my, <laughs> my dislike of final fantasy 15 but um you know my, my hope is 
that with uh, the remake coming out, that we're going to see more people pick up the turn-based modes to that game and, and really understand that turn-based games still have a place in uh, in current gaming. Yeah, and I, I'm actually glad uh, you brought that up because I, I was about to mention that too, is that um, I think, uh, you know, based on the success of like Octopath Traveler, uh, which I guess, yeah, that especially. I guess was, was that last only last summer or was it two years ago? Anyway, um, I can't remember if it was the summer of 2017 or 2018. I guess it was 2018. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we had the success of that. We had the success of Persona 5. Uh, you know, we yeah, have, we yeah, have yeah, Dragon true. Quest 11 that have all been turn-based. And I think, uh, I, but I think the biggest, like, uh, I think the biggest kind of like sign, I guess, that, that we're hopefully, I mean, I really like turn-based, so hopefully kind of headed back to like a turn-based uh, renaissance, I guess, is what you would yeah. call it. Um, <laughs> Couldn't have said is it that, uh, Is that, you know, the Final Fantasy VII remake has a turn-based option. And I think that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest sign that I've seen is that just a game like that in a series that has been going so far into like action territory uh, over the exactly. last, uh, you know, like decade, two decades, um, mm-hmm. that... Uh, that you know that they're actually putting in like the classic mode or whatever, and and I'm still I'm eager to see with the Final Fantasy VII remake just how turn based it is, um, because from my understanding is that it's not exactly the way it was in the original seven. Yeah, it's like a it's like a weird hybrid. Um, so but still, I still think that's kind of a good sign uh, that maybe mm-hmm. uh, that maybe they're seeing that you know people like turn-based games and that there's, you know, a demand for that kind of thing. And I mean, honestly, I would just, I would be perfectly okay if, you know, games just started, you know, I mean, let you choose, you know, do you, do you want to have an action based uh, battle system or do you want to do turn-based? You know what I'm saying? Like I would totally, I'm I'm totally cool with, you know, RPGs just, I, I realize it's kind of unrealistic to ask for two battle systems in a single game, but you know, um, I mean, it's probably a stretch, but with, they can put the entire programming for the original Doom into a knitting pattern. I'm pretty sure they can figure <laughs> out a way to make really basic mechanics in a video game, but maybe that's just yeah. me. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I I think it's headed towards <laughs> back towards uh, seeing more turn-based games, and, and and that's my that's my hope. I, I don't mind the occasional action RPG. Um, you know, I, I, I love Nino Cooney and I love Nino Cooney too. And, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles too, ha, you know, it's one of my yeah. favorite games, uh, from the last like 20 years, really. I mean, I, I mean, I love Xenoblade Chronicles too. And those were all action RPGs. So I can, I can, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, it's not that I, I don't like action RPGs. It's just that, um, you know, turn-based RPGs, it's, it's just where it's at, you know? <laughs> that, yeah. That's no, I'm with you. Like, I think, I think depending on the style of game and what it's going for, like, you know, action RPGs definitely fit better. But, you know, for things like Dragon Quest that are obviously rooted in the deep history of JRPGs, like that's that's just, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, well, I think that about does it uh, for tonight's uh, episode. Uh, Dan, thank you so much uh, for hanging out tonight. This has been super fun. Um, and yeah, man. Seriously, anytime. Yeah, like, seriously. Uh, we we got to get you back on um, really soon. This has been this has been really fun. Uh, so 
Uh, remember, you can always uh, check us out on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. Uh, you can visit our site, which is DragonQuest.FM. You can talk to me directly on Twitter at underscore Austin underscore King uh, or read my weekly Dragon Quest blog. You can find that at DragonQuestAustin.com. Uh, and uh, Dan, you want to tell everybody where to find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, I really need to shorten it at some point, but uh, it's all typed out. You can follow me at GameApartment1C to see all the dumb goofs that I post that sometimes make sense and are occasionally about things like One Piece and Dragon Quest. Uh, you can also head on over to the Twitch channel, like I mentioned before, at twitch.tv slash GA1C. Uh, and I'm trying to think if I'm listed anywhere else. I don't think so. Uh, maybe at your local McDonald's, <laughs> especially if they, you know, are having that two for five special. All right. Well, thanks again for uh, being on the show. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next week. Uh, bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.